Peace, wellness, and oneness. This is C Chambers of the Wealth Chambers Experience, and I'm glad you are listening to this right here, because that means you're alive and well and are hearing, you know, and I know you heard that ambulance this past by. I'm in the lovely city of New York City, right? And um, today is um, Danaverse. Well, today is Christopher Wallace, AKA Biggie Smalls, AKA Notorious B.I.G.'s birthday. Uh, he was born May 21st, 1972. Um, and today he would have been what, 40, I wanna say 49, no, 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 47. 47? Yeah, 47. Right? I mean, the brother was, um, he grew up in uh, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, from which he's known. Um, he say that he went from ashy to classy, but he, he always, he, he, he came up in a single-parent household, you know what I'm saying, from a loving mother that worked very hard in Bolletta Waters. And, um, you know, he did get the stuff that a lot of other people that were, you know, unprivileged and, you know, un unprivileged and uh, unfortunate, you know, to have such luxuries in life. And he was able to craft his words and his expression into the hip hop form, you know. And as a child, that's when a lot of your formative years are happening and you're you're learning to develop new skills and find out what the talents are. You know, so early on, he got the access to his talent. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and that's where also the glow came in. The glow of, you know, how I approach with my personality, which is very important. Smoking a nice uh, Toro Fuentes right now. Uh, Grand Piro, no, a Grand Reserva. Grand Piro's upstairs. Now, what on top of that, you know, May 19th was the birth of uh, Malcolm Little, AKA Malcolm X, also known as, uh, AKA El Haj Malik El Shabazz, uh, born in 1925. And um, his legacy starts out pretty much the same in a way. But, you know, he did have a two-family household up to a point. His father was a Garveyite. <clears throat> he, he had um, a couple more siblings. Um, good Jesus. Uh, I almost forgot the sister's name, but through his sister and brother is how he came into the nation, uh, or at least to the awareness of what Islam was later in his uh, jail bed, right? But we're talking around a, a time of 25 years old for him, which could have meant his death as well, you know, um, in the streets, uh, doing things that, you know, not necessarily were the most productive things, of course, you know, and almost getting sent up for the rest of his life uh, in jail until he bumped into the teachings and uh, the awareness of Islam in the form of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and coming into the nation, which was also 
you would say some people would say 25 is part of the ending of the formative years, you know, and was able to reform himself into a, a different being, a different man among men, you know, among corruption, among those that um, were full of greed, deception, and insidious agendas. And he stood tall with integrity, you know. So I, I mentioned Big first because I often wonder between him and um, also Tupac Shakur, Tupac Amaro Shakur. Uh, that's not his birth name. Paris Lescane. Um and, and wonder, you know, and specifically Big, because being born in Best Eye, that's a that's a strong. Um, strong. It's a strong foundation of um, black economics, black nationalism, uh, just true grit. The people from Bed-Stuy are strong people, man, and they always was culturally sounded. Somewhat akin to Harlem, you know, with uh, contributions in music and arts and film. And he was in the midst of that. But the essence of it is, is that deep. Um, I grew up primarily um, at 305 uh, St. Mark's. Uh, that's basically a few blocks away from, well, St. Mark's and Underhill to be exact. And uh, that's basically a few blocks from Fulton and Washington, and he's from St. James, and you know, on that side. And, uh, the neighboring school is either PS9 or PS11. I wind up going across Atlantic Avenue to PS11, Waverly and Gates. And um, I'm not saying I ran into him or I knew him like that or something like that. I remember, he's like two years older than me. But um, being in that area and knowing the, the vibe that it had and a couple of the similar people that, that are known amongst us, you know what I'm saying? He's rich in, rich in culture, rich in spirit. And um, he, he definitely carried that. So uh, I mentioned that in Malcolm X to say that when if he was involved in being uh, socially conscious and aware of a situation and was able to put that in his music successfully. See, with hip hop, there was a change in climate. Uh, for those that know, between the late 80s to the early 90s, the flows that were accepted amongst uh, top-selling hip-hop uh, musicians, it was changing. You know, we, around 89, 90, 91, you got the self-destruction movement, you got, you know, KRS-One, you got Public Enemy, Brand Nubian, uh, to the tail end of P-Boxing and Smooth, Tribe Called Quest, these are the new school, you know, Jungle Brothers, and so many other artists. Um, just coming out with enlightening lyrics about the foundations of culture, the origins of man, the concepts of uh, uh, where do they fit in the social norms and, you know, developing different wordplay just to, you know, kick it with the next people. And um, it was an enlightening, an enlightening time. It was like basically a renaissance. Everybody would call it the golden era. But um, it was also, like I said, the renaissance of just people talking about their experiences from where they were. And, you know, 
a young brother in the streets of uh, Bed-Stuy, getting it the way he needed to get it. You know, he felt that he didn't get enough because of the competing climate of those that you know, made easy money selling drugs and you know, committing robberies and things of that nature. And just the, the point of not slipping up so far where you, know, you start to feel like I can't make it. And that's where he picks up the needle and puts it in the groove, right there. You know, he's, he's struggling as a teenage father, you know, still um, loving this art called hip hop that wasn't paying right away. And um, he had to make a living and he, he, he was out there on the block, you know, doing what he needed to do, you know what I'm saying? And then, the big thing after that became going OT, as they say, you know? So that, getting the taste of that life and having a little bit of dollars coming in, you know, to feed himself is, is his daughter's mother, uh, Tiana's mother, and, and, the, and the baby and all that. And just wanted to rise up. You know, that was the transformative moment around the early 20s, the late teens, early 20s, is when that seed should have been dropped. But like I said, with the changing climate of the hip hop industry, it forced us to make lyrics that were counterproductive to our growth. And we no longer got the, the intros of Malcolm X in our music. We no longer got the, the soul power of James Brown in the beats and the course changed from, you know, um, you know, the course changed from people talking about enlightening topics to the street street reality rap. You know, where you're, you're you're actually picking stuff out of the community that was happening that people was paying most attention to: the strips, the drug dealers, the fancy cars, the drug the, the, the dope users. You know, and then it flipped from that to just glorifying the ends from the means, you know what I mean? So the message got lost and just the, the reward, the trophy was boosted up. And therein became uh, a, um, hardcore rap. I gotta be the hardest dude on the block, you know, to shoot several different rappers at the same time let them know I'm the man. I'm the person that you need to need to get with. You know, um, then it went to whoever could say the most outlandish stuff. You know, that was just off the meter of imagination and debauchery. You know, one dude would say I'll electrocute you, the other one would say I'll smoke the ashes after you finish. You know what I mean? <laughs> and. You know, that's when it spun off to horrorcore rap and things of that nature. But along the lines, it went from that in terms of battle rapping into also going into um, your actual track rec record had to say that you were about this life. You had to actually have done something. And that's where a lot of us got lost. Trying to, you know, to attempting to be the, the biggest 
the biggest uh, dealer, the biggest robber, stick-up kid, shooter, and it's been running like that for a long time. It began, it began to become marketable for self-destruction. So coming from talking about self-destruction, actually marketing and getting paid for self-destruction was a big deal, man, was a big deal. And um, in a, we used to call the Supreme Mathematics and those who listen to 5% lessons of the nation of God's earth and nation of Islam. A confusion is when you put wisdom in front of knowledge. You know, cause the person could come with fly talk, you know, very convincing conversation and uh, maybe can articulate a point that really doesn't make any sense. It may start from a faulty premise or it may be misleading enough to form a different understanding in a person that may get them in a situation they know nothing about. That's why the correction had to be knowledge before wisdom and um, be careful with wisdom before knowledge. And with that, this is today's mathematics if you want to go into what 21 is. And with that reversal, that's what happened. You know, and he became the king of that in the, the the cadence of his voice, the conviction of where he was coming from and his astute ability to pick up on rhythm and rhyme to be able to stay on beat, you know, and still say something slick and smooth, still say something gritty and hard and still keep it witty where you keep a, per, a charismatic personality. It, it, it pleased everybody, man, woman, child, older folks, younger folks at the same time. And that's why in many people's lists or categories, he's lauded as one of the best, top five, things of that nature. You know, um, the young man was, 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 was brilliant. And um, I kind of wish that he had the tutelage of Chuck D the tutelage of, um, shoot, uh, well, he did have Easy Moby, uh, the tutelage of Daddy-O and, you know, just stuck with it, you know, just put little bits and pieces of the social consciousness in there. There's so many more I can go in, you know, go with. Um, I would have loved to hear him and Nas on the track together, but because of street ties and the way people was moving around that time, competition was very, serious and critical uh the the conversation for a number one spot like we all can't coexist came up into play and you know those things usually um set people apart rather than bring people together unfortunately and you know people stopped thinking that these lyrics was for us to check reference bring new life to new ideas and the art form that you that you respect from where you was from. I mean, there's always mutual respect, but at the same time, you saying some slick stuff, I can say something slicker, became more important than uh, let's get this message out. And, um, you know, after a while, friends became enemies, you know, with him and the brother Tupac, who's been in the, in the game for years. He was, um, He's June 16th, 1971, a year older 
And every time he got a chance to do a show in New York or wherever, Jersey, what have you, you get young Biggie up there to touch the mic, man, and grace it. You know what I'm saying? The blessings of Puff, and they all did tracks together, and freestyles and stuff. You know what I mean? So we talk about um, that seed of knowledge that can sprout into a movement or a new way of thinking, a new way of being. And that was plucked out before they even got a chance to grow and prosper and actually see the, the fruits of their labor. I mean, they did touch some, some money, you know, but it wasn't to the maximum potential of their capabilities. And, you know, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. You know, and uh, I pray for um, his family and that they have discerning wisdom to stay away from the pitfalls of life and, you know, be abundant in, in generational wealth and, and keep the keep the light of keep the light growing, man. Keep it glowing, you know. But imagine, just just if you can, if you can, just imagine if at 25. Well, not even 25 for him, because that was right when, he, you know, he passed. But, like, right before then, somebody would have dropped the seed. Like, yo, big, you could do this this way now. And he actually got that. That's why you heard records like Sky's the Limit. You know what I'm saying? And, um, uh, um, what's the other joint? You're nobody that somebody kills you. And, uh, um, he has some, some joints where he was reflecting on the life he lived and what was to come next. And that's the life after death, you know, that premise. Um, I bought that album first week it came out and it's actually, uh, my sister was giving birth and I had her playing that on my Walkman and, you know, seeing my niece uh, delivered, you know, 326.97, 327.97, let me stop, 327.97. 97 and it was something else, you know what I'm saying? You know, um, didn't get a chance to see Big perform that, any of those records. Um, I did see him when he was the man was coming out and went to the warning party that he had in the country club up in the, uh, was it Great Beer? No, 86th Street, Manhattan. Saw some one man, Osini. And uh, Webster Hall with, EP, with uh, Eric Sermon at one time. And he just gone at that type of attention. He gone at that type of, you know, that he had that air of importance, you know, but still humble, still humble and cool. Like, you know, he, it was approachable, but at the same time, he was rugged. You know what I'm saying? Now was the time to reflect on it and, and drop a seed, you know? So when you hear a person or even yourself, you start playing that Biggie record, man, you make sure you bump that. And think that that brother was on a mission to really grab a hold of something, something major, and bring us back into fold with, you know, love and lyricism. Love and lyricism, you know what I'm saying? He's seen Pac pass, you know, in his own right and say, you know what, this is, this is too much. You know, this is too much. There's something gotta be, you know, beyond this. You know what I mean? Beyond the mess, beyond the drama. Like, everybody don't have to be the man, and, you know, we don't have to always 
live to die. We can live to live and prosper. You know? So I play Sky's the Limit around this time. I play Sky's the Limit. I play Hypnotize. I play uh, Downfall. <laughs> um, going back to Cali. You know, because he actually did love Cali. You know what I'm saying? That, that's something. You can listen to some of the interviews that um, people like, who was it, 50 Grand? Uh, I think C Gutter had an interview about that. And a few others, man. Welcome home, C Gutter. Nobody heard that. So, you know, it, we all go through our, our tough times, and, you know, within our community in particular, we need to have a, a time of redemption. You know, we gotta have a way where we can find redemption. And luckily, a lot of that is going on right now. A lot of, a lot of new artists are beginning to know and understand that there's wealth behind the madness, that they can, you know, exceed and grow. And then there's some, some artists are just losing it, man. They just not getting it. And I hope they get it right away before their lives are corrupted and you know, uh, just vanquished and written into oblivion. You have a talent, don't keep one foot in, one foot out, man. Nurture that talent, gain your spot, become one of the legends. Become one of the legends and have your name memory, and, and have your name and memory in the, in the raptures while you're still alive so you can see the fruits of your labor. You know, Malcolm passed at 39, he was shot and killed for the message that he was given. And his name will last forever, you know. More people will call him Malcolm X before they call him El Hodge, Malik El Shabazz, but nonetheless, his name will last forever because his message and the contribution that he gave. Same thing with um, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. His contribution was for the inner city kid. For, the, for, the, for that kid that thought he didn't have a hope, but he just had a little bit of talent and wanted his voice heard and got it heard in a fly way and he, he represented. So take that message and run with that. Make it grow, prosper, and develop. That's what the Wealth Chambers is all about. Unlocking the inner potential and the inner wealth of your essence of yourself and your financial responsibilities in your pocket. You can only do that by maximizing your potential. You can go to my YouTube channel, Omega Sun's Light, and find some, some great videos. I've been holding back right now because I'm learning some new things, but I'm gonna come with a new slew of different videos for the next coming months. Uh, live streams as well, you know, and um, get it going I like feedback I like to hear people talk back about the topics of the day and you know inspirations that that leave them somewhere where they have no choice but to fly you know so let's fly together <laughs> so peace wellness and as always oneness rise above the fray you'll be all right